Welcome to Life, a podcast all about living in full expression. I'm your host, Farron Drew Thompson, and I'm here to talk to you about all things self-development, intuitive healing, and personal growth, all with a sprinkle of curiosity and spirituality. I've been on my own journey of embodying my truest, most authentic self and using my deep connection to self as a foundation to build the life of my dreams. I hope by listening to this show, it inspires you to follow your dreams, deepen your connection to self, and start tapping into the infinite magic of the universe. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Quickly, before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind everybody that enrollment for my one-to-one coaching container is officially open. If you are feeling out of alignment, lost, stuck, not quite yourself, if you are desiring a life that is not currently reflected in your reality, this is the program for you. It is a three-month coaching container, which is a deep dive into intuitive healing, self-discovery, and coming home to yourself. So I will leave the application in the show notes. If you have any questions, please send me a message on Instagram and I'm so excited to chat with you more. Hello, my beautiful friends. How are you? Welcome back to another episode of Life. When you guys hear this, I will be 31 years old, but I am recording this when I am 30 because on Monday is my 31st birthday, June 20th, the day in this case before the solstice, but some years it is on the solstice, which I find so special. The summer solstice is the longest day of the year in the Northern hemisphere and the sun is always so bright and just lights up the sky and I feel so connected to this day and everything that it represents and I feel so honored that I'm born on the solstice or in this case the day before. A couple of years ago my partner and I and my sister and her husband decided that we were going to go on a camping trip on my birthday weekend up where our cottages are in Georgian Bay. And this type of camping is different than the type of camping I did when I grew up. When we were growing up, we didn't have a cottage. Um, My family would take us in our little Volkswagen Golf (laughs) with no air conditioning, and we would pack up the car to the gills, cooler between my sister and I. And we would drive to any number of Ontario's beautiful parks. And we would do usually drive-in camping. On a couple of times we did, I think once we went to Algonquin Park and did something with a very light portage. But for the most part, we did a lot of car camping when we were kids, which is where you just drive your car to the campsite. And then you set up your your tent and you can do little hikes in the area or different things like that. But it's a, it's a really nice way to go out and explore the province or your local area if you don't have a cottage or if you're not a a skilled wilderness expert. (laughs) I feel like my parents probably could have figured it out. They, They were both quite outdoorsy, but this is just the easiest thing to do when you have two little kids. And we loved it. My sister and I loved it. And to this day, it's some of the most formative and special and magical memories that I have of my childhood. So that was what we grew up on. 
And when we started spending more time in Georgian Bay, we got to know a whole different type of camping, which is, I guess we could call it boat camping. We pack up the boat and we drive to, especially where we are, it's an archipelago. So there are many rocks and shoals and beautiful areas to explore and so we pack up the boat and we go to a random island and we set up our tents and it's really really special and magical and it's something that I've grown to love so much. So on my birthday a couple of years ago we decided what a great way to spend not only my birthday but the solstice out on an outermost island in Georgian Bay, just us, with some really delicious food and good music and bring the dogs. And it was such a special weekend that it became, we still talk about it, was one of the best memories to date of our whole lives. And so we all really treasured that time together. And now it has become an annual tradition. So when you are hearing this, we will have been on our third annual camp out. And Right now, it hasn't happened yet, and I'm so excited. You could probably hear the smile on my face. It's just the best. I wish all of you could come with me, but I'll carry you with me in spirit, and I will definitely share some highlights. Even though I will not be on social media out there, I will make sure to share some of the magic with you this week when you're listening to this. So when I was thinking about what this episode could be all about, I started thinking about how much I've learned in the last few years along my journey. And then I started thinking about all the amazing, humbling, beautiful, sometimes very painful or challenging lessons that I have learned throughout my life. And often people use 30, the age 30, as a time to reflect and kind of look back on their life. And I I kind of felt that last year, but for some reason, now that I have lived as a 30-year-old for a year, 31, I feel like I'm officially in my 30s. And I am, as with every year, holding a a different perspective than I did a year ago. And I really was inspired to share the most important lessons I have learned thus far in life. Now, I will preface this (laughs) conversation by saying that this is by no means a fully complete list. I feel like as I was making the show notes for the episode and just really being thoughtful and and reflecting on my life thus far, new ideas kept coming to me and I really just had to narrow it down. <laughs> narrow I'm just putting quotes. Narrow it down to 30 items. Um, But I do feel like these ones really stand out to me. And you know that if I think of any others, I will definitely be sharing them with all of you. But I wanted to put in a little caveat that this is by no means a comprehensive list. And as with all things, I'm sure I will think of more ways that it can evolve and adapt and have more items added to it. So with that being said, Let's dive into the list of the most important lessons I've learned in my first 31 years. Number one, and these are in no particular order, it is never too late to choose yourself. This pertains to your age, your stage of life, but also 
throughout the day. If you've had a day where you feel really out of alignment, perhaps you have self-abandoned at many different turns and you're not feeling your best, it's never too late to turn things around and choose yourself. Similarly, if you are 20, 30, 40, 80, 90 years old, it is never, ever, ever too late to come back to yourself, honor yourself, and really take care of yourself. It's never, ever, ever too late. Number two is trust the timing of your life. This is a big one. This is something that I have really integrated in the last few years. And I think sometimes when we are approaching a milestone birthday, at least for for many people, it can bring up a lot of internalized guidelines of where we quote unquote should be, where our parents said that we should be, where society says we should be, where our friends say we should be, where we think we should be based on all these external factors. And I think when, I mean, there's a reason why they say comparison is the thief of joy, because when you are comparing yourself to somebody else, you are self-abandoning. You are not looking inwards for the answers. You are not trusting that everything is moving at its own pace and unfolding in divine timing. And as a result, you're left feeling in a lack mindset. I don't have X, Y, Z, I'm not there yet. And it leads to feelings of low self-worth and feeling ultimately like you are behind. I think when I changed my mindset and began to trust the divine timing of my life, everything changed. No longer was there that pressure to chase things and follow a prescribed order of my life. It positioned me as the co-creator of my life with the universe and it allowed me the freedom to live in full expression knowing that I am on my divine path. It made me feel like I could breathe again. There was no longer an expectation for the way my life quote should look. My astrological teacher Rick Levine who's a brilliant astrologer and human being talks about how the word should is Saturnian in nature. And in astrology, Saturn represents structures, governments, rules, guidelines, um, essentially like the container in which we all live, the rules. It's what contains us. And he describes should as a Saturnian word and always asks, where does that should come from? So I encourage anyone who's listening, next time you say the word should, ask yourself, where did that should come from? For example, I should be an orthodontist. (laughs) I don't know where that one just came from, but (laughs) where does that come from? And Rick often says it's, it's usually your mom, your, your dad, your teacher, your, your, your prime minister, you know, it's, it's somebody outside of you. It's not you. So let's turn those shoulds around and start trusting the timing of our life because there is so much freedom and beauty and trust in surrendering to the fact that we are on a divine path. We have a divine purpose and just knowing that you'll get where you need to go. You can't miss anything that's meant for you. That's another great one. 
Okay, I've talked about this next one before, but understanding the human tendency to feed the you you feel. I've talked about this last episode, but knowing that when you're not feeling your best, that is the version of you that you are more likely to feed, whether it's actual food or consumption of TV and podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So knowing that, being equipped with that and being aware of how powerful it is when we choose our highest self, when we feel our lowest, that has been monumental in helping me get back on track in those moments when I feel out of alignment. That brings us to number four, which is that alignment is not a constant. That is something that I have learned the hard way over the last decade, more specifically, but certainly throughout my whole life. As much as we want to see alignment as this destination where we can just take a direct flight there, post up and live there forever, alignment is in a constant state of flow and movement, just like everything else. Everything's made up of energy and energy moves. So nothing in life is permanent and that includes alignment. Knowing that you're going to flow in and out of alignment allows those moments when we do flow out of alignment to be less devastating and catastrophic and we spend less time sitting there wondering, how did I get here? And recognizing, oh, I'm supposed to be here because this is just the natural state of how alignment works. So understanding the principles of alignment and that it's only natural, like with anything else in life, to kind of flow in and out of it, flow with it, has helped me in understanding the pattern, understanding how it resides within me, and understanding how my energy works with it, and ultimately how to get back into alignment in those moments when we've flowed out of it. Number five is a big one, maybe the most important one. Well, I can't pick favorites, but it's a biggie. Everything you need is within you. Everything you need is within you. This is one of my hallmark phrases for a reason. It is the core teaching of my practice. And it is one of the greatest life lessons that I have ever learned. When we connect to ourselves, when we tune out the noise and we come home to ourselves, Every answer that we seek lies within us. Every single one. And the key to finding these answers is to connect to yourself, to create that space to listen. So often we forget that everything we need is within us. And we go searching on this quest to every single external source under the sun. And have you ever had that experience where you know in your soul, you know in your heart, your gut, you know what to do, but you're scared or you're not, you feel you're not ready. And so you go knocking on all these doors. You go and call your sister, you call your friend, you go on social media, you ask for advice. And no matter what feedback you get, it never feels fulfilling. In my experience, it feels empty. And the reason is because you know the answer. You know exactly what you're meant to do. You know exactly what the next step is. And even in the times when 
you really are throwing your hands up in the sky and saying, seriously, I have no idea what to do next. Finding that space, returning to yourself and creating an environment where that inner wisdom can come through. Without fail, the answers come through for me every single time. And it's definitely a practice and it's definitely something that I need to prioritize in my everyday. But when I do, every single thing that I need is within me. Another one I've talked about before is the importance of feeling your feelings. If we do not express, we repress. And I keep that one short and sweet, but feel your feelings. It is profound. It is simple. And it is so healing. Another short and sweet one is that walks do wonders. One of my favorite things to go for a walk. And no matter how I'm feeling, no matter what state I enter a walk in, without fail, when I come home, I always feel more grounded, more aligned, and more centered in myself. That brings us to number eight, which is another one of my very favorite things to say, because it's a foundational principle of my life. Return to nature, return to yourself. And this can mean both on a walk, like we just discussed, it can mean spending time in nature, but this also pertains to the things that I put on my body, the things that I put in my body and how I live my life. So when I made a big shift in my mid twenties and I began embracing a much more natural lifestyle, switching up my skincare products really simplifying the way that I took care of my skin and my body and really connecting closer to nature, eating whole nourishing foods, just really paring down, simplifying and reconnecting with nature. It allowed me to reconnect with myself in a way that I had never done before. It allowed for my truest, most authentic self to shine and be nourished. When I made this big shift, I spoke about it a bit in the first episode of this podcast, but it felt like I was, it was a homecoming of sorts. It felt like I was tapping into this primitive, ancient way of being, like I was celebrating my aliveness, my humanness by adopting this very natural way of living. It's funny because it's a natural way of living because the products that I use are natural and, you know, the, the foods that I eat are natural and organic and all those things. But it's also simply the natural state of being. This is how humans have lived for ever, forever before this little blip of existence that we're in. This is how humanity has survived by living close to the land, by growing their own food, by using the things that grow in the earth as beauty beauty products. You know, think about things like clay, olive oil, berries, all these incredible things that now we find in health food stores. Those things come from the earth. And I find the more that I can tap into that beautiful wisdom that surrounds us, in nature, the more that I tap into the beautiful wisdom that surrounds, no, sorry, (laughs) I messed that one up. (laughs) The more that I can tap into the beautiful wisdom within. Number nine, something that you've also heard me talk about 
inner peace is our most precious resource. It is the thing that I value most in the world, and it is why I practice some form of meditation every day. It's why I spend time alone in nature. It is why I set boundaries, and it is something that allows me to show up for myself and show up for everyone else in my life. It is the foundation of living in full expression, and it is so so, so important. Rounding out the first 10 of the most important lessons I've learned in my first 30 years is the importance of boundaries. Is anyone else sitting at home saying, amen? (laughs) This is something I've learned certainly in the last few years for sure. And it's something that I have talked to many others about. When you set a boundary, it is the ultimate form of self-care. Isn't that the truth? Ultimately, setting boundaries is choosing ourselves first. It is prioritizing our inner peace and it is honoring our energy in the most beautiful way. Number 11, sometimes rest is all you need. I'm going to leave that one there. Number 12, the more that we can embrace our inner child, the more that we can play, be curious, explore and be silly the more vitality we will feel in this life. As we get older, we often grow out of that beautiful childlike exuberance and enthusiasm for life. And it is one of the things that I cherish most about myself. As I've mentioned before, I think it's one of the reasons why I get along with kids so well. I really have not lost that childlike way of viewing the world with so much magic. And it is something that I really treasure and one of my favorite things about myself. And if anyone listening has kind of lost that little sparkle in their eye for life, try and tap back into your inner child. Try and tap back into that playful energy of exploring the world and getting curious and just having an imagination, dreaming, having creativity and creating space for that in your life. And I promise it will... It will just make your life infinitely more magical. This is one that I have shared with some people in my life, but it is that parents are just people and they're just trying their best and they don't have all the answers and they don't have everything figured out. For those of us lucky enough to have great relationships with our parents, There's this realization when you get into adulthood that, oh my goodness, wow, my parents were my age or younger when they had me and they didn't have all the answers. And that was this huge lesson that I had a few years ago. It was almost like an aha moment, like, whoa, they're just people too. You know, for the majority of my life, they've been these figures, especially when you're a child, your your parent, if they're your primary caregiver, they provide you with everything that you need. They give you safety and shelter and emotional assurance. And, you know, that that's for those of us who've had a really wonderful childhood. And as we get older, we can see that, oh, right, they're just people and they're just figuring life out too. I think having compassion for our parents that they are just people. And that extends to grandparents, aunts, uncles, whoever, whoever played a part in raising you or is a, is a big role in your life. They're just people too. 
this flows nicely into the next one, which is that every human connection that we have in this life is here to teach us something. Every relationship is a teacher. Every interaction is a teacher. And it's a moment that allows us to learn about others, about ourselves, about life. And when I started to see life this way and see human connection this way, it allowed those moments of disagreement and conflict and challenge to have this kind of level of enrichment because even in those times that are so painful or heartbreaking or just that don't make a lot of sense at the time, in hindsight, I can see how much I learned from it and I'm grateful for it. And it's not as Marley and I talked about toxic positivity. It's feeling all those things that it stirs up. But sometimes we need somebody to stir stuff up in us, activate stuff within us so that we can move through it. And in that way, we can see every single interaction, whether it's deemed positive or negative or anything in between, as such a gift to further our development of ourselves, to deepen our connection to self and to further our evolution in this life. And I didn't plan this, but this does flow seamlessly into the next lesson, which is that these moments of deep sadness, darkness, discomfort, difficult situations, trauma, hardships, loss, all of these times are a beautiful portal for growth, for expansion, and for transformation. And this is so beautifully summed up by this tarot card that was within a deck that my mom gave me for my birthday a few years ago. It's so special, this deck. I don't actually think they made it anymore. I think it was a limited run, but I will share the details of that on Instagram at some point soon. But they describe on this one card, death as a rich compost for life to emerge. And that speaks to my nature loving heart so much but I think it really paints an important visual in that it showcases the cycle of life death is a part of life it's an integral part of life without death we couldn't have life think about a forest think about leaves falling think about seasons think about spring spring couldn't occur if winter didn't exist and I think when we can see these moments of immense struggle, challenge, hardship as a winter of sorts, as a time to go inwards, to feel it all, to hibernate, to sit in the darkness and to emerge out the other side into spring, into a period of renewal and rebirth and rejuvenation and step into a new version of ourselves. Sometimes that death needs to occur to create the soil for the new life to emerge from. And I think when we take the fear away from these periods of challenge in our life and see them as these sacred moments that are so attuned with nature, that are so attuned with the cycle of life, that are really on our path to help our soul evolve. It provides so much peace in our lives and it makes those moments 
feel so much more supportive and less scary and out of control and more a moment where the universe is holding you to move through something deeper. I just thought of another lesson that I hadn't originally included, but it's an extension of this, which is that our emotions and our experiences are a threshold. And I often picture this and I describe it to clients as a graph. If you picture a simple line graph where there's one constant line kind of running through the center of the graph along the same parallel, and then you have a wavy line that goes dips above and below the line, and it's in equal measure on each side. The straight line represents neutrality and the wavy line represents our emotional experience. So on a day-to-day basis, the wavy emotion line would only dip above and below the neutrality line slightly, just a tiny bit up, tiny bit down, tiny bit up, tiny bit down. You're late for work, you forget to feed the dog, you pay for somebody's coffee, you have a nice exchange with an old friend, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's above and below. When we go through periods of deep pain and heartbreak and loss, that threshold dips significantly. And similarly to how our threshold for all of those dark, deep emotions has been expanded, our capacity for light matches it on the other side of neutrality. And so I often find that when I'm speaking with people who are moving through periods of immense trauma, tragedy, etc., that they are also witnessing this, almost this new dimension of life where they are on another plane, where they are attuned to so much more magic and beauty and joy in this life that so many of us are not tapped into. I'd be curious to know if any of you have experienced this in more challenging periods in your life, that there's almost a spiritual element to it, or you know, if, if you're religious, potentially a religious element to it, that our capacity for joy and sorrow, our our embodiment of light and dark, it's all part of this human experience. And when we have these really, these moments that crack us wide open, they crack us open to all of it, to all of it, not just the despair and tragedy, but to the light, to the magic, to the divinity. And I think that's one of the most magical things about life. Holy moly, this is just flowing and flowing right into the next one, which is that your shadows are a part of you. I learned the importance of turning towards your shadow. I can't even tell you how many years I spent running away from parts of myself that I deemed were, quote, undesirable, not good enough, that I felt would not be accepted, that I detested. Think of these words, my goodness. When we embrace our whole self, every single part of ourselves, there's so much power in that. We've talked about the seasons. We have talked about light and dark. They cannot exist without each other. And so it actually is one of my favorite, most endearing things about humans, including myself. I find it kind of cute that we think we can run away 
from our shadows because I picture it like this cartoon. It's like, dun, 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 you know, like this person just running on a perpetual loop, but the shadow is always right behind you and it's just trying to catch up with you and say, hey, hello, I complete you. And so that's what I do now with my shadow. I look at it and say, you complete me. You know, that's easier on some days than others because there are these these parts of ourselves that are, you know, they're, they're, they're darker, they're more mysterious, maybe we don't understand them. And these are things that we do get to understand more as we move through our life and life experience. But when we can pause for a moment, let the shadow catch up with us, invited into that cozy cabin from the previous episode on meditation, listen to it, learn from it, step into our full power of light and dark, that's when we can really shine as our truest, most authentic self and not be held back by the fear of a part of ourselves. Think of how profound that is. If we hold fear about a part of ourselves, that is going to manifest in our bodies, in our souls, in disconnection, ailment, disease, we're running away from ourselves, things that make us inherently us. Our shadows are here to teach us things. And I think when we can embrace them and allow them to challenge us a bit and explore them in a way with boundaries and learn to love them, it opens up a whole new life for us to explore. Okay, switching gears slightly, the last few ones were like dominoes, just beautifully cascading into one another. And now I have got a short and sweet one. It's okay to be a beginner. Absolutely okay. You don't have to know all the answers. And now into the next one. There is strength in asking for help. Those two actually do go hand in hand, kind of. I think so often I have tried throughout my life to do things by myself. That definitely, definitely has something to do with my OCD and control and wanting to make sure that everything is done exactly so just so and that has been one of the biggest most profound lessons that I've learned in in this life that it is necessary and absolutely okay to ask for help sometimes you can't do everything on your own there's no shame in that you are only robbing yourself by trying to do everything by yourself It can be very lonely out there. And I guarantee you that there are people in your life who are there to support you and step in when you need support. And if there's not, I'm here for you. So if you feel like you're moving through a time when you need some help, let me know. I got you. And just remember that there's strength in asking for help. The next lesson that I have learned throughout my life is that no matter how you're feeling, nature will always support you. I have spent time in nature in just about every emotional state from being blissfully peaceful and calm to being ragefully angry to being devastatingly sad and everything in between. And I will tell you that no matter what state I'm in, in nature, it holds me in a way that is unlike any human support that I could ever receive. It provides comfort and peace and a sense of safety that 
feels like it's on a soul level. It's almost not even human. It's not even of this body. It's this deep sense. I just got like this sensation running through my body right now, like this current of energy. Just knowing that nature is always, always here to support you. It is something that you can always tap into. It doesn't matter if you live in a city or out in the countryside, you can always find ways to connect with nature. And if you are feeling lost and you don't know where to turn, turn to nature and nature will turn you to yourself. And just like that, we're on number 20, which is that fear is finite. We talked about this a lot in the meditation episode, but fear has its power because we don't listen to it because we run from it. And so it's that perpetual chase that we just discussed. I'm just laughing because I have been there so many times, like raise your hand right now if that's you, you've run from fear. And when we run from fear, it will not stop chasing. It is that constant omnipresent monster that is lurking outside the cabin, right? When we were in the other episode, we talked about inviting fear in, listening to it and setting boundaries for sure telling it that it can sit in the backseat of the car, it's not driving, but that it can share its thoughts with you. And there is an endpoint to fear. The reason why it's infinite in our minds and omnipresent is because we never let it finish what it's trying to say. So that has been a profound lesson in my life. Learning to sit with fear and get to know it and understand it and understand where it comes from and using it as a tool to understand myself better. The next lesson that I have learned in my life is that jealousy is here to teach us what we desire. I feel like we live in such um, an age of comparison and jealousy is rampant. And certainly in my early 20s, I did not understand jealousy and the beautiful tool that it can be. I didn't like that feeling and a lot of us kind of run from that feeling or push it down or won't admit that we feel jealous of something and now I was listening to an interview and I don't remember who it was with oh I think it was with um now I forget her name the bird's papaya I forget her name but she was on a podcast I was listening to and she was talking about her relationship to jealousy and it resonated so deeply basically she was talking about how jealousy is a tool for her to understand what she wants in her life. And it was like she was speaking my mind because that is exactly how I feel. If I am looking at somebody and their business or their life or their home and I begin to feel that feeling of admiration or desire, now I really do feel it as desire, less of jealousy has such a negative connotation, but I really see it as aspirational. Like if you're viewing somebody and you do have that feeling of jealousy, what's that trying to teach you? And for me, it's become such a a moment of awareness in my life that now when I look at something and I desire it, it's such an invitation of where to go next on my path to achieve it. If it's something that I really want to call into my life. It's so interesting. It's such a cool practice into becoming aware of our thought patterns and our emotions and how things sit into our body. So I encourage you next time you see something and you think, oh, I'm a little bit jealous of that. First of all, admit it to yourself. That's the first step. And then 
look at why. Why do you want to call that into your life? What is it about that that's so intriguing to you, that's so desirable to you? And then let's set some steps forward to bringing it into your life. Another short and sweet one, but intuition is always right. This next one is likely one of the more profound ones of the group, which is the importance of giving yourself and others the permission to evolve. I think as humans, we often put ourselves and each other in boxes because it helps us feel like we understand the world a bit better. There's less scary unknown out there when we put labels on ourselves and you know that's why societies were built to create structure and to create order but I think that sometimes those labels and those boxes and those self-identifiers or those ways that we view others can be almost like a prison and we need to leave space for ourselves we need to leave space for others to evolve Nothing in life is permanent, and that relates to self as well, and self-development. That's one of the most beautiful things about being human is that we are constantly evolving and growing and changing and stepping into different versions of ourselves. And when we take such firm stances, when we label ourselves by the way we eat, by the job we do, by the people we surround ourselves with by what we believe in, that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. But we can also at the same time recognize that those things might change. And that's okay too. Similarly with others, you may think that you know somebody. You know, I think sometimes we look at these characters in our lives, whether it's our uncle or our friend or a teacher or our mentor or our boss or whatever and we just think that's just who they are and yes absolutely there are certain things about us that are fundamentally who we are but I think often we limit our experience by labeling someone as one thing and not allowing them in our minds to ever step outside of that thing when we think about you met people all throughout your life, whether it was like in high school, college, whatever, and they got to know a certain part of you. But what if that person only ever held space for you at that exact moment of your life? Well, Farron went to university for early childhood education. So that therefore, that's what she should be doing. That's what she is meant to do. And anything outside of that is it's strange or weird or different. For sure. Like I, all these things are understandable for sure. But I think having that space and holding that capacity for others to be able to just move through their own evolution at their own pace the same way that you do for yourself it is such a profound way to look at the world and it's very expansive in my experience we're really rounding out the 30 with some heavy hitters because the next one is related and It's that when you step into your truest, most authentic self, and when you step into your power, and when you begin to trust yourself above anything else, and you start to follow your path, things in your life may drastically change. 
this goes off what I was just talking about, but as humans to make sense of the world and the many, many, many mysteries of human life, we have societies and structures and we have rules and we have ways of identifying others that help us feel safe and help us feel in control. There's a reason why society has this very narrow path in each culture of what is deemed the way to move through your life. You know, in the, in the Western culture, it's very much rooted in going to school, going to post-secondary school, graduating, getting a job, finding a relationship, getting engaged, getting married, having babies all before the time you're 30, you know, and that's, I mean, there's so many problematic things about that. So many, too many to count really, but it is ingrained in each and every one of us in some way, if we're a part of an active society. And so it's really important to recognize that when we break free from that mold and when we choose to embody our truest self and follow our own path and just live in alignment, however that may look, that you may encounter some resistance from others in your life. I read this in You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero, Sincero, I think that's her name, the author. Anyway, she talks about how you will often encounter this type of really intense reactions from people sometimes when you're following your own journey. And it's sometimes rooted in the fact that others see you doing something that they do not have the courage to do themselves. And I see this come up time and again in my own life and in the lives of the people who I love and in the lives of my clients. It is a human tendency to try and keep other people small if you do not have the courage yourself to follow your dreams. And so if you are listening to this and you are on your own path and you are kind of stepping into your power and doing the damn thing and getting there, you may be realizing that this is a part of the journey. And the best way that I have learned to move through it is to recognize that these people are coming at this with so much love. They're not doing this to keep you small. They're not actively trying to throw a wrench in your dreams. They're doing it because that's all they know and they want to keep you safe. And so if you are not showing that you're going to keep yourself safe by following a certain designated path, then the people you love will try and do it for you. And of course, there are exceptions to this rule. And many of us are lucky enough to have a ton of supportive people in our lives who cheer us on no matter what wacky idea we have. I know that I am very lucky to have that. And if you, again, don't have someone like that in your life, pick me. My hand is up. I will cheer you on following whatever dream is in your heart. But just being aware of the fact that sometimes things shift and change as we follow our evolution, as we change our energy and change our vibration. And it's okay. It's okay to come up against that resistance. It's okay to have conversations. It's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to release relationships that no longer serve you. It's also okay if those relationships come back around and leaving space for that. And it's okay to follow your path. 
the most important thing that you can do is to root into the knowing that you have within you that you are moving in the right direction. The next lesson is that the most important relationship in your life is your relationship with self. Prioritize this relationship, honor it. It is the foundation of life. It is the foundation of living in full expression. And it is the most important thing. I'm loving how these lessons are just kind of dancing with each other. I really didn't plan to have these in any kind of order, but a lot of them are just kind of holding each other's hands and dancing to and fro from one to the next. The next one's very profound, and it's that connection to self is the foundation for life, not only for actual life, but for living in full expression. And similarly, disconnection from self is, in my experience, at the root of most ailments that we face as humans. This lesson is why I do what I do. It is why I am so passionate about helping people connect with themselves. It's my fundamental belief that connecting to yourself, understanding yourself, and living a life in alignment with yourself is the foundation for living a life that is full of fulfillment and peace and harmony and creating a life of your dreams. And it is the greatest gift we can ever give ourselves as human beings. And now we have another short and sweet one, which is that who you were in childhood is such a great teacher. Be your own teacher. If you're feeling disconnected or lost, or you're just not very happy right now, I encourage you to sit with yourself, close your eyes, create some stillness and visit who you were as a child. What lit you up? What made you so happy to be alive? What made you feel free? What brought you joy? And in this very simple exercise, so much can be illuminated. And I have learned so much from my younger self. And it makes me smile just thinking about it. It's so simple, but it's such a beautiful lesson. Using your past versions of yourself as your greatest teacher. The next one is also short and sweet, but it's also one of my favorite things to say, which is that the most simple things are the most profound. And that comes into taking care of yourself and connecting to yourself. You know, you think about taking a deep breath. So simple, so profound. One deep breath can truly shift your state, alter your perspective and reset the course of your day. And this applies to just about everything in life. The simple is often the most profound. The second last lesson that I have learned throughout my life is that I am capable of absolutely anything. As humans, we're never given more than we can handle. Think back on your life to the most difficult times and you're still here today. You can handle anything. And that doesn't mean you have to muscle your way through it alone. But in those times when you feel super overwhelmed, fall back on the tools that you have in place, fall back on the supports that you have, fall back on the people who love you, fall back on nature and root into your wisdom within and know that you are capable of absolutely anything. Anything that you can dream is possible anything at all. 
the first step is believing in yourself and recognizing the limitless possibilities of this life that we're living. And this brings us to the final lesson that I've learned in my last 31 years, or at least the last one that's on this list, which I'm sure I'll think of more after I stop recording. But this one's a good one to end on. Living in full expression is a lifelong journey. Ain't that the truth? It's not like we step into ourselves and we've reached it. And it's a destination. Similarly to alignment, it's not somewhere we can take a direct flight and live out the rest of our days. Our evolution as humans will continue throughout the duration of this incarnation. And that is something that excites me more than I can even express. There's so much beauty and magic that awaits and it all begins within. Wow. How exciting is that? I want to thank each and every one of you for allowing me to share these lessons with you for sitting here and listening and sharing this space with me. I have to say, what a beautiful way to celebrate a birthday. Maybe not all of you have podcasts, but on your next birthday, maybe this would be a really lovely way to celebrate by sitting down and spending some time putting thought to the lessons that you've learned so far and marveling at all the magic that is to come. I feel so happy and peaceful and grounded and I really have so much gratitude for where I am along my journey and I have so much gratitude for who I am and for all of you listening. I'm just really grateful and I have a really good feeling about 31. It's going to be a good year. So wherever you are listening to this, I hope you're having a beautiful day. And if you're not, I'm sending you a huge hug and I will see you all next week. Sending lots of love. Mm -hmm.